Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Claire Penny, Global Leader, IoT for Buildings with IBM, discusses pitfalls and chasms, what to be aware of when delivering a smart building. We have Dr. Claire Penny here, who is the Global Leader of uh, IoT for Buildings. IoT is the Internet of Things, just in case. Um, but Claire is the global leader for the IBM IoT for Buildings. She gets to combine all her passions, experiences, and learnings from the past 18 years and focus it into IoT for Buildings and retail, focusing on user experience and operation of the building. In this role, Claire also drives IBM's thinking and vision to strategically shape IBM's building and retail cognitive solutions, which are helping clients put AI to work. So thank you, Claire. Thank you, Stefna. So can I get just a sense of who's uh, sitting here? How many are from companies that provide facilities services? Okay. Uh, who's from uh, corporate real estate and managing on behalf of... Uh, okay. How many consultants? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. So this is just a whistle-stop tour on some of the experiences that we have in IBM when we're talking about smart buildings with clients. And I'm going to tee it off with why are we doing this? Why are clients looking at changing the way that they deliver their um, real estate for their end users, for their um, employees? And, you know, while we're going through this era of disruption, there's lots of disruption, people and things still have to go somewhere. We still need buildings, okay? So the buildings are not really going to go away, but we need to deliver them in a smarter, more efficient, more environmentally sound way. And if you look at the amount of money that's been spent on AI, artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence in the built environment, it's, it's growing exponentially. It's really, really growing fast with lots and lots of market opportunities and lots and lots of niche small players entering the market as well as big players like IBM. If you think about it from an environmental perspective, energy is at the forefront of most at, at a global level and at a country level and at a business level. But Building energy, buildings that use energy, we all know that they do, is increasing, okay? It continues to increase year on year, and there's many contributing factors for this, but there's no sign of the let-up here in the amount of energy that buildings use. And with that, coupled with that, is obviously the CO2 that is generated. So key factors and drivers around how we want to be more smart about how we deliver buildings. And also we have the legislation around um, how... Um, it, companies are going to address their CO2 targets that have been set uh, at a global level. Uh, NZEB, for those who don't know, is European legislation. It stands for Near Zero Energy Buildings. And within that legislation, you're going to have to show where you're wasting energy. So you're going to really have to be able to drill down into your energy information to provide this imp input. There's another little thing on here that should go on there as well, is, is end user experience and, and perception. People perceive that they have a better experience in a building when, there's, when technology is in play, okay? I have my own opinions. I, I think good design is a really, really key contributing factor to people thinking that they're in a smart building. Actually, it's just a really, really well-designed um, building, so architects in the room <laughs> applaud you. And the other thing is the amount of devices that are being deployed 
people at the minute are throwing IoT devices at the wall, and it's a bit like trying to stick jelly on the wall. You know, it's <laughs> everywhere, IoT everywhere. And people are focusing in on just one building. So lots of minimum viable products, lots of, you know, understanding what this would mean. But scaling this to an enterprise is yet to be seen. I don't know any company whose entire portfolio of buildings can be termed smart. May have one or two smart buildings, may have smart conference rooms, that kind of thing, but not the entire enterprise. So this is the direction that we really, really have to go in. And as I said, the property tech sector is exploding. There's a lot, lot of disruption there. Uh, as we, and this is, that's the kind of why. And so, as I said, as companies start to re-envision the way that they deliver their service, this, the, the, the buildings are coming along as well. And we're looking at helping in three kind of areas. So this operational excellence is kind of table stakes at this stage. It's a little bit commoditized for all the service providers in the room. Nobody cares if it's okay. Okay, so my little analogy I always use is... Uh, when I got into my hotel room last night, I didn't pick up the phone and say, oh my gosh, the hotel room is lovely. The bathroom's well stocked. I have shampoo. I have some body lotion. The bed was made. I didn't do that, right? Because I expect it to be like that. Now, if I'd gone into the room and it was a mess and the bed wasn't made and there was no toilet paper, I mean, I wouldn't even have rang. I'd have run down the stairs and said, ah, this is not good enough. You know, so that's what I mean. It's commoditized. And there's lots of solutions out there that can help us internally as a service provider uh, cut uh, or provide additional value-add services whilst it not costing the earth. So, I mean, standard business processes, looking at things through one pane of glass, et cetera. So how do we move on from there? We have to move into the smart building era, and that's what we're talking about today. And this is where lots of people are focusing in various areas, looking at energy, looking at space optimization, looking at how we can deliver a superior service via a smart building. But where our clients want to go is here. They want workplace experience. They want the wow factor. It's like, don't give me those labor pains. Just give me the cute baby. That's what I want. I want people to walk into my building. It's fabulous, you know? But you've got to, you've got to have this all sorted before you can get there. So it is a journey. So when, when we talk to people about deploying a smart building, uh, a cognitive building, AI, whatever, these are some of the questions we have to, absolutely have to ask. Are you ready for this? Okay, because we can do one building. Everybody can do one building, but are you ready to really take this to the next level? Do you, you know, is the strategy being driven from the top? You know, this isn't really a, 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 a bottoms-up approach. This is top-down. This is digital disruption, digital transformation. What, are you, what, what success look like? What are your strategic imperatives? You know, why do you want to do this? What are the reasons for doing it? Do you, do you have a roadmap? Have you thought about this? Do you have budget, right? Loads of times you have people who are really, really keen, but oh, I didn't know I had to pay for it. You know, yeah, it comes with the price. And this is really key. If you don't have the people engaged who are going to use this technology, forget it, right? Because you won't get it adopted, it won't happen for you. So if we look at deployment, okay, so we, we have budget, we have buy-in, now we've got to look at deployment. You can't just look at the IT side of the shop, you've got to look at the OT side of the shop, operational technology. How are you going to get this data? Okay, what technology do you need to put in place? What hardware, what software? Which vendors are you going to select? Who is going to do this for you? Can you do it in-house? Do you have to bring people in? You need to know this. You need to select the right vendors. You need to make sure that you have budget to co cover this. 
you of course have to bring in the IT department. And it's the same process. So we might have hardware here. So if I give energy as an example, we've got energy meters, but we only have two energy meters per floor. Is that gonna do it for us? Do I have to put submeters in? Do I need hardware? Do I need gateways? Okay, now I've got my gateways. How am I gonna get to that data? Which piece of IT am I going to get that's going to transfer that data from my piece of hardware into my IoT cloud or into my, uh, my data platform? Who is going to hang all of this together for me? So, so th th we now could be talking about three different work packages, three different vendors, okay? Have they done it before? Can I trust them? You know, what's the time? How, um, you know, it's not one vendor that can do all of this, is, is my point here, and we have to think about this consistently. Then we've got to have end-user adoption. As I said, you've got to bring the people along with you, because if they don't use the technology, then it's a failure, okay? It's just an expensive experiment. And that, if you get all of that right, you have success at the top, okay? So if, let's dig into data management, okay? First question, what data do I have already? Okay, do I actually have access to that data? We're hearing situations now with clients that go, oh yeah, we've like four years of historical energy data. But when they go and try and get it, they have to pay their service provider to get that data. Now they didn't know that before. It's like, oh, great big shock, right? So now I need budget to pay those guys to get my data back, okay? So what data do I have? Where is it stored? How is it stored? Is it accessible? Can I get to it? Can I get a soft copy of this data to input into my uh, IoT uh, technology? What's the quality of the data? We all know data quality is, is torture, but we have to have good quality data. What's the quality? How do I test that? Who can do that for me? Who can help me? Uh, silos, data silos. We're trying to bridge this this chasm of data silos. And as I said previously, people are throwing sensors at the wall, you know, and with each sensor provider comes a data platform. You know, and you've got to look at how you're charged for these sensors, okay? Some people charge you rent for a sensor, which is great, okay? But then it's okay for a floor, but you're paying for the sensor, and then you're paying to rent the sensor, then you have to pay for the... Um, data platform and then access to the data platform and then integrating that data platform to your, your IoT platform, it gets expensive, right? So try and avoid the data silos. Analytics, what analytics do I want to use? What do I have available to me? What makes sense? I need guidance here. Historical data, if you want to do prediction quickly, you have to know what happened in the past to predict the future. So you have to have historical data, okay? If you want to do any machine learning, any AI, anything like that, you have to have historical data. Bits of good quality that you can get access to that isn't in a silo. Accuracy. What I mean here is, do we know the data is coming from those meters, from those sensors? How do I make sure I have a constant flow of data? Because if I've got 6,000 electricity meters and 14,000 submeters, that's a lot of data to make sure I'm, that it's flowing into my system so that I can make sure that the insights I'm getting are accurate. 
a lot of problems we see with uh, fault detection diagnosis is the false positives. We want to avoid false positives at all costs, right? That's because when you get false positives, people stop believing in the data, then you don't get end user adoption, and then that's when it all starts to fall down, like a house of cards. Continuity of data as well, getting the continuity. And then storage, storage costs, okay? If you're gonna store data, it's gonna cost you money. So you gotta think about that as well. How much data do I really need to store? So, security, okay? Really, really, really important. I was uh, lucky enough to be in an event recently where there was a white hat hacker in the room, and he was saying, this whole building space is a playground for hackers because it's been so closed and proprietary for so long, and now we're opening it up. We haven't had that iterative process of somebody gets through a door, we close the door. Somebody gets through that door, we close the door. We haven't had that iterative process. So this is really, really key. And remember, every single endpoint is a door, a gateway, an under-desk sensor, if it's, you know, depending on where it's attached, if it's part of your network, if it's not behind the firewall. So absolutely priority. You have to have something that's, that's fit for purpose from the ground up. Make sure your endpoint devices are secure. Make sure your IoT platform is secure. Every step of the way, make sure it's secure. And there are, the, there are ISO uh, certifications here that can help advise and, and drive you around the security. But I can't stress this enough. It's really, really important. So change management, absolutely key. I have horror stories of client of ours put in a gateway on the wall under desk sensors that were just Velcroed underneath the desks. Employees came in, very first thing they did was rip the gateway off the wall because they didn't know what it was. Big brother's watching me, right? You've got to bring these people along with you. We're all human, right? We all need to know. We don't want to think big brother's watching. You get poor user adoption. If you don't bring people along, this is what happens. Um, you know, as I said, the hardware can be physically removed. You get complaints to HR, and then that's a whole system you don't want to be in. Um, you know, it, it's no value to my job. If you provide an IoT capability, you know, AI or whatever, if people can't see any value, they're not going to use it, right? Why would you? You know, um, it's got to be a clear communication plan and there's got to be a clear vision statement. You've got to really know why you're doing it and how you're going to bring the people along with you. And I'm not just talking about employees sitting at desks. I'm talking about if you use this for technicians, you know, for maintenance crews, whoever is going to use this technology, you have to bring these people along with you. So good change management. You know, people think it's really cool. When you get it right, they like it. They come on the journey with you, you know, so, and they're more productive. People, you know, are happy. There's a study came out of, I'm going to say Warwick University, but that might be wrong, uh, where they just did a, an experiment around happiness, right? And they uh, concluded that when people are happy, they're 12% more productive. So that's just by being happy, right? So just employ happy people from now on, and you get the best team. <laughs> Thanks. Um, GDPR, so this is a European thing, so for those of you who are outside of America. But you have to make sure that people's personal data is protected and make that very, very clear. And make sure any solution that you uh, have has this, is uh, GDP com GDPR compliant. Have ongoing clear communication. It's absolutely key. And get early buy-in, early stakeholder buy-in. And, uh, and then you're on to a winner, most definitely. So costs, okay? Just to really uh, wrap up here. 
the costs may appear cheap. So, you know, we I heard just last week that um, a company in the UK was sent a quote by um, a sensor provider who said, yeah, it's okay. The sensors are six um, pounds to buy and then it's 50 pounds a month to rent them, right? Okay, that's, a, that's one sensor. So we see how quickly that would scale up. It's oh, that's only six pounds. Like, but when you add it all up and you've got a whole enterprise that you need to deploy sensors across, it gets very expensive very, very quickly. So you just... You know, my mantra is, what do you have in place already? What can we use? You know, if you've got PIRs, what can we do with those if we want to do something around occupancy? We've all got energy meters. Let's use those energy meters. Let's see what we already have in place. And I heard an interesting fact as well recently that um, um, we were talking about using mobile phones, anonymized, GDPR compliant. And somebody told me that you can tell, you can do demographic um, intelligence on a mobile phone can it, does anybody know how you do this from just a mobile phone? Okay. So when it's vertical, it's normally a man because it's in the back pocket. And if it's horizontal, it's normally a woman because it's in the handbag. <laughs> so apparently this is really close to, is this a man or a woman in a building? Okay. So just stuff like that, you know, you can use. But, you know, the more vendors you have involved in this process, obviously the costs go up. Uh, more technology providers, the costs go up. Um, rental options, they may appear cheap, but can become very costly. I know although there's, uh, you know, where you have to then buy the data back from their platform, it, it just gets really expensive. Limit the number of data platforms you have, because as I said, storage is expensive. And, uh, yeah, and the storage, yeah. Okay. So... Really, I just wanted to end saying by coming together with everybody, you know, we are better together in every, any single way. And just the summary of this is ensure when you embark with your clients or in your own companies on a kind of smart building journey that you do have the exec buy-in, right? You need that. It's got to be a st strategic for the company. You've got to have budget, right? You've got to have a big enough budget to make this work. Otherwise, you know, you're not really going to see the value out of it that you actually want. Vendor selection is key. Make sure you go with the right partners early on. Data management, ensure you have the right data. You can get access to your data. You're not paying numerous times for data. Uh, I mean, this just makes me think about the building information modeling process when data is generated and, and clients end up paying four and five times for exactly the same pieces of data with just a little bit more added onto it. You know, it's crazy. So just make sure you're not paying uh, for additional data. You can get access to your data. You've got good quality data. You've got historical data. I mean, security, no-brainer. Make sure every single step of the process is secure. Change management is absolutely key. You've got to bring the people who this is going to affect directly on board with you as early as possible. And then manage the costs Somebody said to me, what's the difference between the budget and the cost? Well, obviously, <laughs> if you overspend the budget, that's a problem, right? Manage the costs and make sure that you have the costs under control. And I think I have a mad dog picture. Does anybody have any questions? Yes. Yeah. So do you have some typical timelines where you say that, okay, fine, the business case will be realized within a year or two years? Uh, so what, what is the general trend that you observed? So it depends, okay, what you want to do. So I've seen uh, clients do space, uh, use sensors to understand in real time how they're using space so they can optimize their space. And the ROI in that was like about four weeks, right? Because this particular client was able to move out 
of the buildings very, very quickly, and it wasn't very expensive for him to do that. Okay, uh, in terms of energy, where we do our um, machine learning and on um, predicting energy waste, uh, we see about a twenty-week ROI on. But you know, when you've got a sizable energy bill and you go and fix the problems, I mean, the, the thing is, we can identify where there are gaps in the way that you're delivering a service, or you know, you, you're using too much uh, space, or you're wasting energy. But if you don't do anything, it kind of you know, the ROI is forever. But you know, if, if you've got somebody who's responsive, who, who has budget to go and make those changes, you know, to fix something or move something, then that's all part of the budget. You know, you can get the ROI. I mean, we're not talking five years ROI here. It's quick ROI. Anybody else? All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to What's Next. Have an idea or a point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org forward slash podcast.